Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you this Father's Day morning, uh, talking about all things in the world of sports. I am fresh off a two-week hiatus back in studio. Very excited about a big two-hour show this morning. Um, It happens to come on the morning of what I would argue is the most exciting day we've seen in the NBA, a sport I love. In many, many years. We have Game 7 tonight, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, between the Cavs and the Warriors. Plenty to discuss when it comes to that game. Uh, Currently, Vegas has the line at Golden State favored by five points. Uh, We'll get to that over the course of the first hour for sure. Plenty to get to when it comes to the NBA Finals talk. Um, in the second hour of the show, starting at 11 o'clock, I'm sorry, 10 o'clock a.m., we have actually some MMA fighters lined up who will be in studio with us. We've got um, 502, Area 502 MMA out of Louisville. Philip Perkins has a couple guys, Alex Hacker and Lance Lawrence, uh, fresh off a, a few weeks ago when they were in Vegas for a, an event. They both fought in Vegas. We'll get to pre, uh, review those fights and actually preview a fight that um, Lance Lawrence has coming up. This upcoming Saturday in Vegas. So a professional fight. That'll be from 10 till 10.30. From 10.30 to 11, we've actually got Ben Sargent, who's very accomplished, um, undefeated MMA fighter, also out of the state of Kentucky. And he'll be representing, uh, not only does he want to discuss his his, uh, run as an undefeated professional MMA fighter, he also wants to discuss the implications of Muhammad Ali and what, what the influences that Muhammad Ali had on him as uh, there are different perspectives that go into that. We're only a couple weeks away from, from Muhammad Ali passing, and this is actually my first time on the air since he passed. Uh, Mo, do we got you hooked up there? You, th- you there? Where, which one are you on? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, how's everybody doing? Doing great. Appreciate you joining us this morning, Mo. We, we got plenty to discuss. I know that you and I, in effect, you and I and our man Brian the Insider this first hour will have an hour to break down and to preview tonight's big, I mean, just absolutely monstrous Game 7 between the Cavs and the Warriors. I know you and I have differing opinions on it. To set the, the precedent all year, Mo's been on many times over the course of the year during the regular NBA season. Um, I have continually said, correct me if I'm wrong, Mo, that if, if the Cavs and Warriors meet in the finals again, like they did last year, and they've got... Better health, and hence in this situation, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love's basically doesn't even, doesn't even matter. But if they've got a full uh, slate of players that the Cavs would win, and you, along with uh, some of the other people, most of the other people we have had on the show, have maintained that the Warriors would win. So tonight is the ultimate um, t- deciding factor in who, what narrative comes to fruition. Is it the Cavs and LeBron James being the best player in the world? Um, undisputed best player in the world, which is what I've maintained all year, or is it that the Warriors who play such selfless ball and on occasion they may they may uh, have a little slump here and there, maybe they're not shooting as well as they do on certain games, but the way they pass the ball and get everybody involved in their offense as a whole is just too much for the Cavs uh, or anybody they're facing. As they finish the regular season, 73-9, and historically the best record in the history of the NBA season. Tonight, 8 o'clock p.m., we'll get to see, put your money where your mouth is, we'll get to see the Warriors <laughs> versus the Cavs. What, what's your, uh, we'll get into it plenty over the course of the first hour, but what's your initial feel for tonight's game, Mo? 
I think Curry's going to come out and have a big game. Okay. Especially after fouling out and getting ejected. So. First time he's ever been ejected in his career. And first Not just he, in the playoffs. And t- first time he fouled out since 2002, I believe. So, I mean, he's come. And LeBron tried to tried to bully him a little bit on that too. So. He did. LeBron so. is not um, a saint. He's not. He's not innocent of any. I mean, he was. Not only did he try to bully him a little bit there, he blocked his shot, and you saw him say something to him. Exactly. Uh, but, 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 but at another time, he kind of ratted him out for something. Exa- you, you saw him turn Drake- around and say, "What is this?" And then it ter- resulted in the ensuing. Mayhem. Right. So LeBron has turned into almost Anderson Verjao at, no, at times. LeBron's been doing this. He's okay. doing it. It's more you can see it more now because it's Curry and Curry doesn't really say a lot. Like I think I think Curry could say a lot more than what he does. So you, are you maintaining your stance? Well, actually, I, I should uh, clarify. Who's the better player right now, LeBron or Curry? In the world, LeBron James. Okay. So then I won't really argue with you. Do, do you agree with me that many people out there believe LeBron James is the best player? I'm sorry, that Curry is. I don't know if they... I, I feel a he, lot of people are backtracking on what I've heard all year. LeBron, LeBron is the best player in the world because he can do everything. Curry's, not, Curry's really not going to go defend a great basketball player because he doesn't have to because he's on a team where he has teammates that can... That can um, that can play defense for like play team defense, and they can guard the better guard if they need to. He doesn't need to do that because he's a shooter. He doesn't need to get tired and beat up and worn down during. It's, a, it's the game. a team sport, and at the end of the day, if what Curry is doing in his prime is winning championships, it's difficult to really uh, write a narrative that says anything other than he's the best player, right. uh, or, or you know he, he's playing his role. He's he's selfless. Um, not not often. LeBron gets credit for this over the course of his career for being a superstar who doesn't mind taking a backseat uh, uh, in the you know in the special moment, at the clutch if necessary. And Curry is proving to do that too, right. which I think has value in it. Jordan, that was one of Jordan's strengths. If necessary, he'd hit you know Steve Kerr, John Paxson. Uh, he would he would make the extra pass if it was necessary, right. and he wouldn't mind being maybe it's not me, it's going to be somebody else this time. Uh, LeBron does that, and Curry is proving if they win tonight. See, that's what's so funny about this is everything is swinging on the axis of who wins tonight because what narrative will be written. If the Cavs win tonight, best comeback I've ever – not only the best comeback in the history of the finals, best comeback I've ever seen in the NBA playoffs. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. I don't know if you – I don't know if you can sense it or not, but between – Behind Mo and I's voices this morning, we've got a little bit of enthusiasm. Um, I honestly, Mo, I can't think of another time that I've been more excited about an NBA game. I've been an NBA fan literally my entire life, 32 years old, as young as I can remember being. That's probably the first, you know, some people get into cartoons, things like that. My dad had me watch an NBA when I was little, literally. So, so I so could not watch any cartoons? I did. Oh. I, actually, I was never really into cartoons. And I've never been into uh, fantasy or Star Wars or anything like that, really. I'm not really a Star Wars. I'm yeah, and I don't, I'm not hating on it. I'm just yeah, saying that's who I am. I, I grew up being a fan of the NBA, and I remember Jordan's first three-peat, and I remember his second three-peat. And, and that's one false, um, false premise that a lot of people fall into when you start touting the greatness of LeBron James, which I am guilty of doing, and I have no shame in doing. LeBron James is the best player I've ever seen outside of Jordan. 
What? You think he's better than Kobe? Oh, that's not a it's not a debate. But they're different. I don't see you. Can't. Kobe's more cutthroat in the last seconds. If you're down by four points and you need some miraculous a two and then a three point play or a two and then a three pointer, yeah, I'll take Kobe in that situation. He has ice water in his veins a little bit more than than LeBron does. But is Kobe gonna gonna have 16 rebounds when it when he needs to morph into Dennis Rodman? No, LeBron James is going to play the role whoa, that his whoa, team whoa. name needs. Morphing to Dennis Rodman. That's what LeBron did in Game Five. No, he. How did he do that? They had no big in the game. There was no. Well, Bogut was there, but Bogut got hurt. He uh, and that, that's when they really dominated. Is when Bogut got hurt. There's no way he morphs into Dennis Rodman with Bogut on the court. No, he 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 and, abso- Dre, and they were missing Draymond. Him and Tristan Thompson absolutely dominated the glass in Game Five, in my eyes, which is the big win because that was in Golden State. It was in Oakland. Game Six, they won in Cleveland. But, They're supposed to win. I know Game Five, there was no Draymond. Yeah, no Draymond and Bogut got hurt. I'm not I'm not saying that Bogut is just uh, the man, but Bogut is a rim protector, so he's going to be in the paint and he rebound. I mean, he rebounds very well and he. He can pass the ball, so he's a he's a great addition to their to the the big three. That he's a big body play. and he's talented when he's healthy. Exactly, Andrew Bogut certainly has value. And in Game Six in Cleveland, healthy Draymond. Draymond didn't really show out that much in Game Six. Draymond disappointed me. Yeah, and in you Game know, Six, you know how I feel about Draymond. I love Draymond's game, but he really disappointed me. He came out and played so passive. It, that's the I've never seen him play like that. Me personally, no. He, he, I'm, that, I'm that was that. as big of a, a moment for him as necessary. I mean, him and Festus Azili are arguably the only two guys right now who can really play the five spot for the Warriors. Am I wrong? Right. Yeah. I mean, nobody else anymore. Uh, they they don't have David Lee anymore. But they don't really need a five spot though. They're not playing. Well, I mean, Timothy they lost Mosgoff. Game Six. Now that would be crazy if they started Timothy Mozgov and just beat the heck out of the Warriors, but I don't know if that'll happen. You're, you're saying that the, the, the Cavs don't have a center, so why would the Warriors need a center no, to no, defend no. them? No, the Cavs have a center. They have... Who? They have... Uh, Tristan Thompson? Yeah. But, Tristan. I mean, and they have Mozgov if they need him. Yeah. Is Mozgov better than any center? Mozgov is better than Festus Azili. Oh, he's definitely better. Yeah, Mozgov is not bad. I don't he, know why he played he's pretty, not playing. pretty good last year in the finals. Yeah. Um, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We've got this entire first hour slated basically to preview the NBA Finals Game 7 tonight. Yes, you heard it right. Game 7 between the Warriors and the Cavaliers in Oakland. Warriors are favored by five points. Headed to the buzz line now, we got our man Brian the Insider. I know he's got a couple other updates for us. Before we jump right into the NBA Finals Game 7 preview, how you doing this morning, Brian? Happy Father's Day to you. Thank you very much, Kelly. How are you both doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Father's Day as well. Doing great. Good. Thank you very much. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, yeah, that, uh, I love hearing the NBA talk. It's, it's, it's going to be great to see. I agree with Mo. I think Golden State uh, tonight wins. And I, I got to tell you, I, I just, I'm glad the NBA got what they wanted. And they clearly won in a seven game series because I. You know, I'm not going to go out there as far as uh, Seth Curry's wife has went out there and said the thing's rigged, but I have seen a lot of really crazy things in this NBA Finals. I thought Draymond Green being kicked out for Game 5 was horrible. Uh, I think LeBron gets away with highway robbery on a lot of drives where he just creates contact and just runs right over the top of 
Curry or whoever else is in his path, he ends up at the foul. So, I mean, I think there's same set of rules. rules. You know, I listened to Kelly talk about the in the NBA. In the old days in the NBA, you could not run right over the top of somebody and expect to get to the foul line. That was called an offensive foul, and it's not the way basketball was supposed to be played. So, I mean, I think LeBron is fantastic, but I think he gets away with so much. And the NBA clearly wanted Game 7, and I hope they're not rewarded with a Cavs victory, and I don't think it will. I think, I think the Warriors will step up tonight, but uh, uh, I have not been impressed with the officiating in this NBA series at all. So, Certainly a case to be made for that. that Curry was thrown out of a game for the first time in his career. Uh, you know, he's been in the league now, what, five, six years, Mo? So, something along those lines, five or six years. First time Curry's ever been thrown out of a game was in game six. I'm not saying it wasn't warranted, but if you're going to tell me that something looks a little fishy, I'm not going to call you an idiot. <laughs> right, Brian? Mo, yeah, I agree. Mo, what do you think about some of these – uh, you know, blocking fouls called on Curry. Uh, LeBron just, you know, LeBron's a great, greatest NBA player right now. He would have been a great football player, too. And a lot of times that looks like football to me where he just runs. I mean, is, is, is Curry perfectly uh, set you know, for two or three seconds? I don't know, but I didn't think you were allowed to create the contact and run right over the top of someone and get to the foul line. Mo, what do you think of that? I don't. I don't like it either. I don't. I think. I don't even think you should. It doesn't matter if you're in front of them two or three seconds. If your feet's there, your feet's there. But you can't dip your shoulder into a into a guy um, off of the uh, off of the pick like that. And he keeps just running right through everybody. And they're picking on Curry, so he does it to him every single time. And they're destroying him on the uh, on the off ball screens. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope it's. Uh... I hope LeBron doesn't need to do that. But if they're going to let him do it, I don't blame him for doing it. But, uh, uh, man, oh, man, it's, uh, it's changed the game. You go back and watch old games uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago in the NBA, and you uh, basketball was uh, – you were trying to avoid contact, not create it. And uh, I just think LeBron has crossed the line, and the NBA has allowed him to cross the line with that. Hey, I want to talk about something, guys, really interesting. Uh, the U.S. Open going on right now. Uh, it, it, we had a lot of weather delays at Oakmont, uh, which is supposed to be the most difficult golf course in the world when it's playing the way Oakmont and that's fast, and, and it's extremely difficult. The green, it's just a tough place, which golfers like to see because uh, it relates a lot more to the average golfer's game like myself when I see bogeys instead of, you know, some over. We, we've got a 29-year-old Irishman, um, Shane Lowry, that has he's got a commanding four-stroke lead heading into the action today. He's minus seven and has really just kind of taken over. He's, he's done well. He's never won a major. He's done well in Europe. He's had some limited success here, but he's got the whole game, and it's going to be very interesting to see if he can hang on. You know, Jordan Spieth's still in there. Uh, obviously, Dustin Thompson's been the leader throughout most of this, but uh, it's going to be a great day for the U.S. Open, the second major this year in golf. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And the other thing I want to talk a little bit of horse racing. Uh, big, big night uh, last night at uh, Churchill Downs, the Stephen Foster. And we pretty good upset. Um, they had almost 20,000 people out there. So uh, outside of Derby Week, 
Stephen Foster, and it was night racing last night, and it was an electric crowd, and uh, it, it uh, uh, really showcases best when they get uh, Stephen Foster night at night. So uh, a horse by the name of Bradister won uh, for Ed Canale, and uh, paid about almost 20 bucks. So, I mean, it was a big upset. F&X, who won the Clark handicap in the fall, finished second in the Breeders' Cup to American Pharaoh, uh, was the heavy favorite and really uh, had a poor performance, and I think finished sixth, really sixth bit in the strip. So the other big news in horse racing was the return of Songbird. You guys might remember me talking about Songbird being, she's a filly, three-year-old filly. I said she was the best three-year-old in training, going and she would have been the shortest price Oaks favorite. She got fever right before uh, the Oaks and was scratched out of the Oaks. So when her first return back yesterday at Santa Anita, she did what she continues to do, and I think she's 8-0 now. Uh, for the first time, someone got in front of her. That didn't last long. She ended up winning about six and a half. But uh, uh, Songbird is uh, the, the most dominating horse going right now. And it's interesting. They're going to keep her just against Philly, but it's interesting to see Songbird turns out to be as great. Mike Smith, who's, been, who's ridden a lot of great ones, Zenyatta being uh, one of them, two-time time. Horse of the Year, almost two-time uh, Breeders' Cup winner, Zenyatta. He's he says I can't I can't ex- I can't tell you how good this horse is. We haven't seen the bottom of it, so good to have Songbird back, guys. No question about it. We appreciate the horse racing update, without a doubt. One of the the storylines that grabs my eye that you mentioned there, Brian, is the potential for Dustin Johnson to win the U.S. Open, which I believe would be his first major after a uh, uh, many chances to win in choking uh, situations throughout his career in majors. Uh, Dustin Johnson, the guy who has a, arguably a, a troubled past. He's failed a few uh, cocaine tests since he's been in the uh, PGA, and he's had some other instances of, of transgressions and arrests, things like that, Brian. What do you think this could do? Do you think the PGA wants Dustin Johnson to win, or is that the type of guy they want nothing to do with? A good question, Kelly. They want him to win. He, he's a good guy. He's he, you know he, he he's dating uh, Paul Bretsky. I'm actually I think they're married now. He might have had a baby. Uh, he he is clearly the most talented guy on the tour. Jordan Spieth said after playing around recently said it's just amazing that he's not number one in the world. He hits the ball longer. He hits the ball better. He just he just can't win. And when it comes to crunch time, uh, late in the game, his putting lets him down. I do not think he's going to win today. I don't know that he has the mental fortitude to get over that hurdle, but boy, does he have the I mean, he clearly, I mean, he, you see him swinging. I mean, he hits the ball uh, so pure, and uh, he's been dominating this U.S. Open. He started to do his normal Dustin Johnson fade yesterday. It'd be interesting to see what he does today, but I think the PGA pulling for him. I just don't think he's going to get a job done. Right now, it's the 29-year-old Irishman's to lose. Okay, so that we got uh, Sunday of the U.S. Open. Uh, I've heard a couple people over the last few days, Brian, say if they could choose one major to win in all of golf, they would choose the U.S. Open to put on their resume. What do you think of that statement? And what, 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 which major would you like to have on your resume if you were a professional golfer, Brian? Well, that's a great question. Do they consider the British Open? Most people in the, in the world consider that to be 
the true open. And, and matter of fact, they, they a lot of people, especially outside the United States, just call the British Open the open. Uh, Jack Nicholas said that the U.S. Open was the most important to him, and he moved all of them. Uh, clearly, if you're uh, you know a citizen of the United States, uh, most most Americans consider their national championship to be their uh, most important win. Internationally, I would say the British Open is considered the most coveted. The claret jug is what you get for winning that. And most most international players, most people in the world consider that to be the best uh, best best championship. Uh, but uh, for any American, I would have to say you would want your national championship to be your championship of the U.S. Open. Thank you very much for the update on the U.S. Open and also the Stephen Foster night racing from last night, Brian. Uh, we're going to head to a break here. Mo, and I believe, Brian, are you going to stay on the line with us? Sure. Okay. Mo, sure. Bri Brian, and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay, t stay tuned.
Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. we got the remainder of the first hour here to preview tonight's 8 o'clock p.m. NBA Finals Game 7. We encourage our listeners to give us a call, get in on the action on the Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line 502-384-1450. Here on the Weekend Sports Buzz and on 1450 WXVW in general. We are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and the southern Indiana market. And what that means is that we're not specifically governed by the rules that, that a lot of the radio shows oftentimes are. Um, if there's uh, certain news that has everything to do with being local, but we don't feel as intriguing on a, a, a national sports fan uh, perspective... We don't have to cover it, and that's something that's very appealing and alluring to me about being involved here on 1450. We get to talk about the big stories. Tonight, the big story, and across the United States right now, the big story is 8 o'clock p.m., Warriors, Cavaliers. Uh, all eyes are on Game 7. The NBA, as Brian pointed out, and Mo, you agreed with him earlier, the NBA clearly wanted a Game 7. And that's what they got for tonight at 8 o'clock. Warriors are favored by five points. Mo was saying in the break he thinks the, the Cavs should shake up their lineup a little bit, maybe start Mozgov and have Tristan Thompson at the four. I'm, I mean, if you really – I don't want them to do that. But if you really wanted to, like, pound the Warriors because they have no big men. Yeah. You just beat them. In so, they, yeah, Kevin Love is not a, not a factor anymore. What do you guys think the chances are Kevin Love scores 15 points or more tonight? Brian, Mo, anybody think Kevin Love has it in him to surprise everyone? Because he's done a really good job at setting the expectation at zero. <laughs> he played 12 minutes last game. I think he scored four points. That's ridiculous for how much money this guy's getting paid. What are you guys' thoughts on Kevin Love in this series? I say he gets a 50, it's a 15% chance. 15% chance. Brian, what, what do you feel the chances are Kevin Love plays a big role in tonight's game? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't see it happening. I don't see this being his big breakout game. What do you guys think? I, I don't. I think Tristan Thompson is clearly a better fit. Tristan Thompson, you guys say he's overpaid, Mo. I know we've had this conversation a lot, and I won't disagree with that. Tristan Thompson gets paid about, what is it, 12 or $15 million a year? Yeah, he, I feel like he's overpaid. I mean, he... Yeah, you can argue he's overpaid, but as far as substance on the court, he went 6-for-6 six six from the field last game. He's hitting his free throws. I think he had 14 rebounds. He's hitting. He's better at the free throw line. Better at the free throw line. It's a guy who knows his role. He yeah. dunks. He shoots layups when he's open. But, and he, most importantly, what championship teams need, and I think is often overlooked in the Kobe Steph Curry hype. And I'll put I'll group them together. I know that's going to offend some people. Is rebounding the ball is a large part of who wins championships. Oh, of course. You got to be able to rebound. Tim Duncan's a great rebounder. Dennis Rodman was a great rebounder. Um, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon. Uh, Shaq was a great rebounder. Uh, if you want to have a dynasty and some great teams, you got to have the potential to really dominate the glass. Yeah. And I think LeBron brings that to his team along with Tristan Thompson. Yeah, because you can't give these teams extra shots. No, you can't. You have somebody like the Warriors, they miss a shot. Uh, if you're not putting a butt on Festus Azili or whoever else, Draymond Green tonight, um, and you allow them to get extra shots, they're going to start hitting. Right. You know that the Warriors are capable of putting up um, a few three-pointers within a span of about 20 seconds. Exactly. And th- those are the type of runs that the Warriors have to uh, avoid tonight. What is your main – I'll ask you, Mo, first. What is your main 
key to winning tonight for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Do you just need to hope Steph Curry is passive and that he's lethargic, which we've seen at times? Is that what you're banking on, is that Steph Curry is not aggressive, or is there a specific tactical approach you need to go into this game with? They better come out like they did the last two games. The last two games, they've, you could argue they've won the game in the first quarter. Exactly. So, so you're saying the Cavs need to come out, and they need to, early and often, LeBron needs to be dominating, Kyrie Irving needs to be on. That's the key. Is but, it offensively? So, so it's almost irrelevant what happens with the Warriors. No. They, but, 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 I mean, as far as them getting momentum. So, so does, does somebody need to step forward and shut down Steph Curry? Is that going to happen, or you just need to hope that he's off his game? No, they better play defense. So who, who, who guards him? Deladova? Or they just keep doing what they've been doing? I don't know. I, I don't, whoever you put on him, I, don't think, I think he's going to kill whoever's on him. So you think he, you're thinking he's having a big game tonight? Shumpert, yes. Deladova, Irving, I mean, those are the guys you throw at him. He's been eating Shumpert all series. Yeah. But, but he, he, Curry is not having a, a, no. a legendary performance. Not at all. But they're beating him up off the off-ball screens. He's getting thrown all So the rules the are dictating that, that Curry is not able to do what he's been able to do all year. The physical play that the Cavs have have decided to do. I mean, you have to play physical against a shooter because you have to make them make them think twice about driving to the lane. So all they can do is shoot. Sure. And then when you're off, you don't want to shoot. So I mean, they're doing what they're supposed to do, but the referees are letting it go too far. You think it's too physical? Too physical. Brian pointed that out earlier. He said the game was not designed to be play like played like this when you're coming off screens to have such physicality and almost to a, a degree of football American rules style football uh, where LeBron or even Tristan Thompson a lot of these guys you're right are getting very physical with this Warriors team and clearly evidenced by game six in the meltdown clearly it's getting into their heads at least to some degree now how does that work when we go back to Oakland that's yet to be determined. We'll see tonight at 8 o'clock. Brian, if you're going into this game as Ty Lu, okay, Brian, you're Ty Lu. what is your tactical approach to trying to keep Steph Curry off his game? I think just doing what they continue to do, Kelly, I, I think the key to the game is really going to be the officials, as we're talking about. I mean, if they're going to let LeBron, if they're going to if they're gonna let you know, I've watched a lot of clips of the last couple of games. There are a lot of fouls. That, I mean, I understand at the NBA in the playoffs, things get very, very physical. They all enjoy that. But I think, I think it's gotten to another level, and it's going to be, it's going to be the kind of game that you know, passing and all that kind of stuff that Gold State's known for. I think Gold State will be good. They need to spread the floor and pass the ball. But if it's going, if LeBron is allowed to both defensively and offensively, then I think Cleveland does have a good shot of upsetting the Warriors in this game. So it's going to come down, in my opinion, to the officiating, the way the game's officiated. Uh, if they're allowed to hand check and do a lot of the push, yeah, Clay Thompson, I mean, he had a couple plays where he drove and he clearly fouled and and hacked from, from behind, which caused fast breaks. I mean, if that's allowed, if it's going to be able to be a very, very physical game, I think Cleveland's got a great shot. That's the way that Cleveland wins is they beat, they beat Golden State up. Golden State is a finesse team. They are what I would call, you know, a, a, an old-style basketball team. They shoot, they pass, they dribble, 
you know, they do all that stuff that's really, in my opinion, is how the game was designed to be played. Uh, but it, it, if I can't fault the Cavaliers. If the refs are going to let them do that, you're going to see, and you're going to see a bruising, physical hand checking. LeBron just running, putting his arm out, his left arm. I mean, he just clears space out, and he basically just run over to the top of somebody. If he can do that tonight, and, and, and there's not going to be fouls called, then I think Cleveland has an excellent shot to set the Warriors tonight. Okay, so it's coming down to will the refs, and that that's a little sad if that's the truth, that it's coming down to will the refs allow it to be a physical game or will they allow it to be a finesse game, which, Brian, you're right. James Naismith was, was regularly quoted as saying he liked a fast-paced game that involved a lot of movement up and down the court, kind of like a Rick Pitino in his prime or Nolan Richardson, uh, real fast-paced, a lot of defense, but moving up and down the court a lot. That's how Naismith originally wanted the sport to be. Uh, but there have been eras, uh, the Bad Boys, for example, even the second incarnation of the Bad Boys with the, the Wallaces and Chauncey Billups. There have been championship teams that's identity has been physicality and defense, right, Brian? So that has occurred before. That's that's good comparison, and, and uh, I know Cavs fans listening to this are going to say, you know, uh, whining about whining about the physicality. That's the NBA. Get over. I remember the you know the the, the Pistons team. And I remember uh, uh, you know the the physicality, especially under the basket. I just have never seen it on the perimeter so much. I've never seen where you can just take off and just run over people. I've understood that in the paint, it gets very physical, and I'm okay with that. It's the hand check, and it's the fouling out on the dribble. It's, it's just running over people that, that I think is different. I have never seen to this degree before. Hey, I got a question for Mo. Mo, what do you think happens? Let's say that the Golden State, as the experts are saying, wins tonight. What happens to that Cavs roster next year? Wow! Any changes? <clears throat> Great question. I think you have. I think I don't know if him and Ky- if LeBron and Kyrie can really keep this going because at the begin, well, throughout the season, I feel like um, Kyrie felt like he was like, well, he is the backseat to, Le- well, he's the passenger to LeBron, but because LeBron is definitely in charge, but he doesn't want to take that role. Because when Ty Lue became the coach, he told him, or he asked him and Kevin Love to defer to LeBron, and then you see how that went started. But um, right, so I mean, I don't know if him and Ky- him and LeBron will really mesh well together. Can he get out? Is Kyrie able to go anywhere after this year? Does anybody know? You said, oh, if he can what? If is Kyrie able to leave? I don't. I don't think his contract's up. I don't think it's a uh, something that he can get out of. And I would argue that he shouldn't want to. Right? That's the only team he was played for. He was the number one overall pick. Am I wrong, Mo? What? what? Nick, yeah. Kevin Love needs to get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, he is. He needs. Well, don't, to- don't forget one guy that may get out of Dodge is LeBron. Isn't LeBron very? LeBron's very. He he's able to go in. Yeah, he is too. He is, and, and there's been some people talking about maybe a Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, uh, LeBron James type reunion in Miami. I mean, there's all sorts of rumors Who out there. Who wants to see that? That's though? too old. Those guys are too old. I but, think if LeBron, in hindsight, I don't think there's many people that would disagree with this statement. LeBron James would rather have Andrew Wiggins on his team than Kevin Love. <laughs> right? And they had the didn't they have the number one pick too? When? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they trade a few years ago? 
when they got the kid that they traded in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. So. What was his name? Wiggins? To Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. That's how they got. Andrew Wiggins. I'm sorry, Minnesota. That's how. That's right. That's right. That, that's turned out to be a bad move. That guy's going to be a great. Just as we knew, he's going to be a very, very good player. Six eight. Uh, yeah. The, the, the love experiment hasn't worked out, but you know we, we speculated about a lot of things happening. But the thing that may happen is is, is LeBron, who I think's on one year deals with Cleveland, and he may just say, "Hey, look, you know, I, I'm out of here." <laughs> Yeah, Especially if they lose. I personally know that there's specu- – I, I understand there's speculation and there will always be speculation about that. Even if they lose, you're right. Something will happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think LeBron will leave. I think LeBron is determined to bring Cleveland a championship, and I think LeBron and the Cavs will have a very good chance at winning next year, even if they don't win tonight. That's my opinion. Even if Kevin Love leaves, I think that there will be other people who still want to come play with LeBron. I mean, so you got to have somebody, no offense to Richard Jefferson, the guy's taking phenomenal care of himself, and I'm very impressed by his, his play in the finals. But there's got to be somebody who wants to jump on board and try to get another championship with him more than that. I don't know that it'll be somebody like Kevin Durant, but you guys saw this past week, the NBA salary cap took a dramatic hike over the past couple weeks. Oh, it was done. Yeah, they were projecting that. They've that's been why. projecting it for a while. Everybody yes. knows that's going to happen, but what I'm saying is uh, Dan Gilbert, the Cavs, if they really wanted to, somebody like Kevin Durant could come in town. I don't wow. See that. That'd be big. I, I, I tell you what, I'm not. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm pulling for Golden State in this series is that they've done it organically. They've drafted. They've built their team. I am not for, for, for LeBron's all-star team that he wants to pull in every year to get Cleveland a championship. I mean, that that's that, that's not something that, that interests me at all, uh, you know, where if that mix didn't work, let me get someone else. You know, as Mo pointed out earlier in the, in the broadcast, LeBron's the best player in the country, in the world. So, I mean, how why, you know, for him to just be able to say this, this combination of guys didn't work out, I want something more like Bosch and Wade so I can get me a couple titles. I mean, I don't know. That's just, that doesn't. Uh, that, I don't think that's in the best interest of the NBA, in my opinion. I don't like it either. There's 30 teams in the NBA. 30. In 1986, for a little reference, Brian, I know you've watched the NBA for a very long time. In 1986, there was 23. Okay, so the nature of stars happening to be drafted by the same team and stars aligning for truly great teams to come together. That's simply not near as probable as it was back in the day. And so the nature of the current NBA simply is players are switching around. It's a whole different animal. Brian, I understand you don't like it as much, and you're certainly entitled to that. The Warriors are. Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, they were all drafted by the Warriors. You have guys like Sean... No, what? Festus Azili and Harrison Barnes. Festus Azili well. and Harrison Barnes are okay. And there's probably a couple, maybe somebody else too. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, Five of them. Yeah. You know, Sean Livingston wasn't. Right. You know, uh, you know, Andre, uh, um, the the Brazilian Barbosa wasn't. Um, the big guy was not the number one overall pick, Bogut. But they've, for the most part, their stars are organically drafted from within the organization, and that is appealing to a lot of people. So if that's why you like them and they pass the ball and they shoot and they're taking advantage of the three-point line in a way that nobody ever has before, reminiscent possibly of when Rick Bettino and Providence took college basketball by storm back in the, was it the 80s, Brian? Am I getting a little nostalgic here? Is it, what do you think of my comparison 
to this current Warriors team, to Rick Pitino's Providence back in the day, Brian? Yeah, that's a good comparison, and that's uh, you know that, that's interesting to talk about. That. And we're talking about who's built the team the right way. OKC, I believe both of those stars had been drafted. I just you know it, it just it, you know if LeBron wants to be considered one of the greatest players ever, uh, you know he needs to make the players around him better, like M- Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan, uh, who was the guy that won one title with him, Sellers uh, from Ohio State. I mean. Uh, you know, he was the center on that team. When you go back and look at the players that Jordan had around him, and he, he made better. He just made them better players, and, and they gave them their all. I'm not seeing that from LeBron. I'm seeing LeBron and Kyrie fighting over the ball, and LeBron, you know, if he didn't like the coach, you know, I still don't agree with the fact that LeBron got black fired in the middle of the year, uh, and I, I, I don't know if they're any better than they were before that. I just, LeBron, you know, he wants to do it. It seems to, you know, however he can get the job done, and I guess I can't blame him for that, but it's just too much, uh, you know, it's too much about letting LeBron get these titles, and he wants to do it for Cleveland. Well, let Cleveland go and make some moves, moves, bonehead moves that they got. The number one player they selected was Bennett. Nobody had ever heard of him, a first-year player. I mean, there's consequences for those stupid moves. And, I mean, they drafted Bennett. I mean, he was nowhere on the radar. They had the number one pick and they picked Bennett. That's why they're not winning. They'd have made a good, solid choice that year. I'm not sure exactly who was available. But I know he's in the D-League, and there's never been. And they made the bonehead move, trading Wiggins. I mean, those kind of franchise you know, moves should not be rewarded because LeBron is going to get his buddies to come bail him out, and they're going to pay him whatever, and they're going to come in as mercenaries and, and win LeBron a title like LeBron is. You know, he, he's, he, he's owned that by the league. Because he's the greatest player in the world, I just don't buy in that. I think it should be organically grown. Those are the teams I'm going to pull for. Fair, fair enough. Tough to argue with that. If that's what you like and you like the organic element to it, um, you you got to be cheering for the Warriors today. LeBron left Cleveland. I guess you could also argue the Cavs also drafted LeBron. They drafted Kyrie Irving, right, Mo? They drafted Tristan Thompson. Who else? Yeah, they got those guys, and it's not enough. So sorry, it, it might be enough. You get to go if, pick, if they win tonight, yeah. Well, if they win tonight, it it, it would be enough. Uh, you know, so I, you know that would be fine. But for the ability for LeBron to just bring in a new roster next year, uh, I'd love to see Kyrie on another team, either the Cavs without LeBron or by himself, because I think when he's on and he's healthy, and I still think he could get in better shape. I think he's the number one offensive player in the NBA, and I love watching Kyrie play. And I wish he had a team that was his and not one he had, as Mo said, had to defer to LeBron. No question about it. Brian, thank you very much for your call. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Before we let you go, is there anything else you want to get in? Brian, Brian. I'm hoping I'm hoping the Irishman wins the U.S. Open today. Okay, it sounds like Mo's got a question for you. So, what do you yeah. think? So, you said the Warriors win tonight. What do you think the biggest uh, factor is? Sure. Yeah. What's the biggest factor? You have the Warriors winning by how much, and who's the MVP? And as Mo asked, what's the big, biggest factor tonight in the game? Good question, Mo. I, I think the, it's going to be Warriors basketball. They're going to have that crowd with them. And, and I think it's going to be the Bash Brothers, the what got them there. 
I think it's going to be the passing. And I think Clay Thompson's going to be the star of the game. I mean, you know, we all talk about Curry, and, but I mean, I love Clay Thompson's size. I mean, he has got the quickest trigger this side of Rick Pitino. I know, it's a little joke there, but uh, I mean, he can get rid of the ball as quick as anybody. And I mean, he, he, I look for him to be the star of the game today. And I look for it to be just Golden State basketball. And I look for a big win. I think, I think, and this is what's bothering me about the Cavs. When things aren't going their way, they start pointing the finger at each other. I think that, and I hope that happens tonight with a big (laughs) Golden State win. All right, thank you very much. And you're saying Clay Thompson will be the MVP based on what you said, right, Brian? That's correct. All right, thank you very much for the call, Brian. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday as we'll be able to review some of our projections for tonight's game. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Have a good one, Brian. Thanks for having me on, guy. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff there from our man, Brian. Brian clearly cheering for the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> to implode tonight on national television. Uh, do you see anything like that happening, Mo? We saw it in Game 6. We saw Steph Curry I, very aggressively throw his mouthpiece at a minority owner of the, of the Cavaliers. I think it, I've read into it. it. It actually injured him dramatically, and I hope he's okay. <laughs> what do you think of Steph Curry throwing his mouthpiece in Game 6, Mo? I think, that's, I think that was his turning point. Into what? Him turning into a heel? A bad guy? No, nah, he's about to. He's about to. He's mad. Yes. Okay. They they've awakened the monster. Well, I mean, Steph Curry. If nothing else, as much crap as I talk about him, and I don't mean to. I honestly don't. I honestly love the guy's game offensively. I would argue Clay Thompson might be better than him. The whole team they do things the right way, and the offense is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the ability. So once he gets past the half-court line, he can shoot at any time, um, and it's a very high percentage shot, anywhere from half-court in. So, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what he can do with the ball. So he's capable. Between him and Klay Thompson, I'd say they're almost equally capable of absolutely blowing up from deep, and the scariest is when they're both on, and then some other people get involved in the fun, too. Draymond Green hits some threes. Um, you know, you have Sean Livingston maybe hitting some mid-range jumpers. Harrison Barnes could have 20 points tonight. We need him. He needs to show up. Harrison Barnes does. He, he's the one guy who, based on the numbers, what he said, what, what, what's projected, he's probably gone after this year is what I've read. I've also read that the Warriors are trying to match whatever. Trying to keep him no matter what. I guess with the new, the new expanded salary cap, if they really wanted Harrison Barnes, I guess it means what kind of – it depends on what kind of other uh, free agents they are, are going to bring in. Yeah, so we'll see. I feel like you can. What does Harrison Barnes really do that you can't go find? Though you can find a guy that he's six eight. He's uh-huh. ve- he's able to actually when when necessary. Seems to me like he's able to create his own shot, which is not the most common thing across the league, right? Right. How many guys you have are six eight can put the ball on the on the floor, can dribble, and can create their own shot? Really, not that many. I mean, he's not Carmelo Anthony offensively, right. but he's almost in that similar type of mold. I mean, he's he's a very good player. I mean, he, he's I like destined to get overpaid yeah. if he leaves, and that's a, that's what I mean. And you can't fault him for that. If that's what he wants to do, is he wants to go to Milwaukee and get a, a big contract? Uh, difficult to really hate on him for that, in my opinion. You know, you got a family. Your 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 um, career is not that long when you're in the league. I mean, we've had our man Derek Anderson in here uh, many times over the years. You gotta you gotta be thinking about your your career after playing. Now, if you're a superstar and you've got Kevin Durant, Under Armour contract type revenue outside of 
outside of your, your NBA contract, that's a different deal. You can take a pay cut, stuff like that. But if you're somebody like Harrison Barnes, I think I think you got to get paid. you got to go where the money's the best. He's not getting big endorsement deals, I don't think. No, nowhere close to like a Kevin Durant or something like that. Uh, no way. No. So, so, and not many people are. Right. Or even Westbrook or LeBron. There's a handful of guys who get those big deals. James Harden. James Harden. I think Chris Paul gets some good money. That would be an interesting study to see, in my opinion. Because in today's current day, I said in 86, there was 23 NBA teams. Right now, there's 30 in 2016. Right. Free agency is such a huge role in, in how teams come together today that revenue outside of your NBA contract is so relevant in your ability to take less money a la Tim Duncan. Uh, Tim Duncan possibly writing the book on doing it over the course of his career where he won five rings. Um, taking less money, less and less money as he got older, which is very uncommon. Kobe Bryant possibly writing the book on how not to do it if you <laughs> want your team, right? Right. You could almost say Tim Duncan's on one polar extreme of that. You want your team to contend, so you're going to take less and less money uh, gradually as you, you come toward your retirement. Kobe Bryant, on the other hand, thought, as I get older, I should get paid more. <laughs> right. I don't care about this. No, so, so they – Free agency and salary cap issues are very relevant when it comes to analyzing the current state of the NBA and, and going forward what's going to happen. I'm looking forward to tonight's game. There's so much on the line with the narrative of LeBron James. All right, Mo, this is what he has going for him. This is his sixth consecutive NBA Finals appearance. Mm-hmm. Guess who's never done that? No one. Nobody's ever done it. Bill Russell? Michael Jordan? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. I'll go on and on. Rick Barry, we saw Rick Barry. Jerry West certainly never did. Nobody's ever done it. LeBron has taken his team. You guys talk crap about the Eastern Conference. Say that it's weak all you want. LeBron has taken his team, no matter what he's put in front of him, over the past 10 years, he has played in seven. This is his seventh NBA Finals series. No question about it over the past 10 years. He's played in more NBA games than any other player in the league. That's not even a question, okay? He's played in 12 All-Star games. So at certain points of the year, yeah, a la Greg Popovich, Tim Duncan, he loafs a little bit. He'll have some games where maybe he doesn't give it his all. And what that results in is a lot of people sitting on their couches at home saying LeBron's soft. (laughs) He is soft. He is soft? He is soft. Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Ram buzz line 502-384-1450. Mo, are you kidding me? No. LeBron soft. Yeah. Did you watch him play in game five or six? And I exactly. He scored forty one in both games. I watched him well. Did he look game, soft? Game five. No Draymond. And Andrew Bogut got hurt. Just the just the bodies in the middle. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that he can't score 41 on Draymond. I'm not saying he can't for, score 41 on Well, Andrew it's good Bogut. you didn't say that because in game six he did score 41 on Draymond. Did he score it on Draymond? Well, was why, Draymond wasn't Draymond, why wasn't Draymond guarding him? Who's going to guard Tristan Thompson? Festus is – I don't know. That's not LeBron's problem. That, <laughs> that would – I would put Festus Azili on, on Tristan Thompson. Okay, well, but, it should be. But, but you can't do that all game. Right, of course. But – um. No, I, I, I do I do beg to differ. If you this say is, LeBron soft, this I'm is, sorry. This I, is what really, I'm really irks me. How can how can he throw Curry all over the court and then he does this little dramatic foul at on Curry's sixth foul? He's over here acting like Curry undercut him and he fell on his face. Like he does so much. Like you can tap him with 
your pinky and he's gonna cry for a foul. Yeah, and and, and in he, soccer they do that. And but you're no, right. Magic LeBron, Johnson did that. But LeBron throws other. He runs through everybody else like. Brian and that makes said. him soft. Yeah, because he can't. T- he can initiate the contact, but he doesn't want it. Well, if somebody is physical toward him and he feels he's been fouled, and I'm if I'm him, I'm six eight two sixty, and somebody pushes me around. Yeah, I'm not going to say it's cool. I can take it. No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is if you're going to play physical with somebody else, you can't get mad when they play physical with you. If you foul somebody, don't get mad when they foul you. But the refs aren't calling it that way. They're just – it's one-sided. I'm not saying that it's only for the Cavs because they had some bad officiating for the um, Warriors – for both sides. So okay. I'm just saying, if you're gonna, ha- if it's gonna be a physical game, let it go. Both let ways. it be physical. Let them play. All right, wrapping up the first hour. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the weekend sports buzz here this morning, nine to eleven, as we are every Sunday, talking all things in the world of sports. Be sure to stay tuned. Mo and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you as we do every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. We've got a very exciting show this morning. It's the first hour. We have my man Mo Lee, and we also have Brian the Insider previewing tonight's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. The second hour is being devoted to local fighters, which a lot of our listeners aren't necessarily as up to speed on, but there is a great scene for mixed martial arts specifically, also uh, a rising boxing scene in the city of Louisville. But today we have a few MMA fighters that will be joining us this second hour of the show. We're going to get into that here shortly. Before we jump into the MMA part of the show this morning, we're going to get a couple predictions for tonight's Game 7 of the NBA Finals, which once again is in Oakland, 8 o'clock p.m., between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. We have a, a couple of our in-studio guests who want to make predictions. We have Caitlin. Caitlin, who's going to win? Is it going to be the Warriors or the Cavaliers? I think it's going to be the Cavaliers because, because Le- LeBron James is the best player in the world. Very insightful prediction there. Ka- Caitlin going out on a limb saying LeBron James is the best player in the world. I, I have to agree with you. I don't think there's any question LeBron can dominate the game in so many different facets. Um uh, I mean, he can rebound. I said he morphs into Dennis Rodman when he needs to. He can be Carl Malone. He can be, hell, he can be Bill Russell if he needs to. We've got one more prediction. Johnny. Johnny, who do you think is going to win? Is it the Warriors or the Cavaliers tonight? The Warriors because, um, um. You, you had said it's because the Warriors, what they did last year. What did they do last year? They beat the Cavaliers. Because they, they beat the Cavaliers last year, how are they not going to defeat the, the Cavaliers again this year? They already did it last year. So also a pretty good prediction there. Thank you very much, guys. All right. So we've got a second hour of the show lined up. We're joined in studio. Still got my man, Mo Lee, in studio with me. First off, Mo, what did you think of Caitlin and Johnny's predictions? I know they're a little different. Well, Caitlin, she, I mean... She said LeBron's the best player in the world. You can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. And yeah. I appreciate that's refreshing to hear you agree with. Because <laughs> you know how I feel about LeBron. Yes. <laughs> and Johnny, um, I'm going with the Warriors as well. So me and him are on the same page. So what do you, but you never told us what your X factors were for the game tonight, though. Yeah, I, I think the officiating will play a role. If they let it be physical, obviously that leans toward the Cavs being the team that'll win. Um, Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast. If they're calling ticky-tack fouls, say like maybe LeBron gets into foul trouble, something like that, which I don't think will happen. Uh, but if it does, obviously the Cavs are in trouble. If Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are able to come off screens and do what they want to do, yeah, I think that the Warriors will win. So, yeah, I think that the physicality, if it's finesse, it goes toward the Warriors winning. If it's a physical game, no question about it, the Cavs are the team that will probably be victorious tonight. We'll get to see the ultimate revenge as the Cavs will have the opportunity to do what the Warriors did last year, which is win a title on their opponent's court in their opponent's home home stadium in front of their opponent's fans to come home with the NBA championship. And then we'll have a legitimate rivalry 
Steph Curry versus LeBron James, and then we'll have a, everything set up. It'd be a perfect narrative to be built up for that to happen next year as Steph Curry versus LeBron James. Before we jump into the NBA, I'm sorry, to the MMA portion of the show, we're going to head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, which is 502-384-1450. we got our man, The Truth, is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? Well, yeah, I'm with everybody. Have to follow, Thank you very much. I appreciate that. How you doing, all right, Truth? But, uh, all right, let me tell you something about that ball game tonight. It's, it's a shame to say this, but the NBA have made their money. They uh, wanted to go to a game seven. They let the referee do what they want, but tonight uh, Cleveland will uh, be crying. <laughs> they, will not, they will not win. I guarantee you'll win for Golden State tonight. Wow, okay. So, so what are your factors and what do you think has to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Uh, do you remember when the Lakers won the game seven against Boston? They let the players decide it. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's, they going because it don't look good the last two games where the MVP of the league get knocked down. He never got fouled out of game, and you call it uh, silly fouls like that. Come on, they. They know what they was going to do. So the refs you know, are going to get out of the way tonight is what you're saying. They're going to let the players dictate the game and the Warriors are going to be victorious because yeah. they have this potent offense and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry are just too much. And, and, not, and not only that, here's what uh, – I'm not worried about them too. They too going to show up. Golden State role players play better at home. Okay. Yeah, they're on their home and court. Yeah, and that's going to make a difference. Dave Bench is going to make a difference tonight. Dave Bench is going to win the championship ball. And LeVon James will be crying again and be ready to go on vacation. All right. So so are we going to have the Jordan crying face or is it going to be a LeBron crying face? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't care. He might have to put a toupee in his head half as long as his forehead. And he's going to wear a bald head. All right. You see Hey, let me ask you something. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Louisville Cardinals fired a whole board, didn't they? The yeah. Cardinals got rid of the trustees. Yeah, they did, and it's yet to be determined exactly what that what, what implications that'll have on the uh, on the uh, uh, athletic department. But we will certainly cover it as it progresses. And you know, if Jurek and Patino and Petrino get to stay in place, then I would argue. Um, you know everything will be okay, and and it won't. We won't have to discuss it on this show much. But if it turns into more than that, you know it may change. Hey, let me throw this out. I'm leaving you with this. Look out for 2017. The Hoosier Nation going to have the number one curtain class. All right. Thank you very much for the call, Truth. We will look out for those Hoosiers. You have a great rest of your weekend. Happy Father's Day to you. Have a we're, good one. We're going to introduce. We've got our, our man Lance Lawrence. Lance, you've been in in studio with us a couple times before, at least twice, I think. Yeah, I think this is the third time I've been on here with y'all. Third time. We appreciate you coming in. You have a fight coming up. Can you tell our listeners uh, real quick what you have coming up to look forward to? I know you're 1-0 as a professional, and you're from Louisville. Uh, Yeah, my fight is uh, in Gray, Tennessee, next Saturday, and I'm fighting a 4-0 opponent. His name is Jonathan Pierce. Okay, where's he from? Uh, he's from that hometown that I'm fighting in. Oh, damn. That's tough to do probably, right? Yeah, I'll be ro- riding in hostile territory this time. So he's, he's 4-0. What, what, what do you know tactically about him other than the fact that he's a, a professional fighter, he's the same weight as you, and he's 4-0? Uh, 
Um, he's a real wrestling opponent, real strong, and likes to grind down his opponents. Um, I think he's got a lot of holes in his game, though, and <laughs> it's going to be nice to expose his holes in front of everybody. He's got a lot of hype around him around there. What, what, what would you describe your style as? Um, my style, I would say I'm more of a complete mixed martial artist with uh, emphasis on some jiu-jitsu and boxing. Okay. You, you, you uh, in high school, and I apologize, you guys have explained this to me on the air before. In high school, did you wrestle? Um, I was on the wrestling team for like a week. Okay. <laughs> so, so you're not completely a, a stranger to the, the concept of wrestling. No. But you, 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 the majority of your training over the past, what, what have you been, how long have you been training uh, for MMA? Um, <laughs> I've been training about five years, six years all together. Um, in the sport, just all around from jiu-jitsu to mixed martial arts. And you guys are with Area 502 MMA over off Poplar Level Road. What's the address of your gym? 1423 Hugh Avenue, okay. Louisville, Kentucky. If you guys could both try to get a little closer to the mics there, I'd appreciate it. We've also got our man Alex Hacker in studio with us. What's up? What's up, Alex? <laughs> appreciate you coming in this morning. Um, you guys both had some fights in Vegas recently, right? Yes, sir. Zach and I did. Oh, okay, yeah. you and Zach, oh, my bad. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are Alex, though. Yes, sir. Okay, <laughs> I, yeah. So I was right on that. I apologize for the mix-up. Um, I, I had put on Facebook that Lance actually was fighting in Vegas this upcoming week, so I was I was confused all around. But the the, the bottom line is is Alex, you've got what's your record? You're you got an amateur record, right? Yes, sir. I'm um, four and one as an amateur. Four, four and one. You got your your uh, your sixth amateur fight coming up. When is it? Uh, September third. Okay. Yes, Where sir. is it? Las Vegas. Okay, and that's your second time fa- fighting in Vegas. Yes, sir. Any reason you're specifically going that far? I know there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of events here in the state. Is there a reason other than Lance obviously enjoys going into hostile territory and fighting the hometown kid? I don't know why that's appealing to him. Um, yeah, is, is a, that, are you going for something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's um, seriously, it's a much bigger promotion. Okay, uh, Hard Rock is a great promotion here. Uh, I've only ever fought for Hard Rock and out in Las Vegas, but it's a big promotion. It's a great chance to fight some uh, huge guys, some big names, uh, and it's just a matter of time. You know, Lance is going to be out there probably his next fight. He's going to be fighting a pro in Las Vegas. He'll be selling out Mandalay Bay here soon. Maybe you soon never know. You never know. No, so I know it's going to happen. It's not. You never know. Like it's going to happen. Okay, for Lance. Yeah, it's going to happen. Like he, you know, let him get probably two or three more fights under him. He's going to be five, six, and oh, he's going to be on the big show. So. Everybody listening, you better jump on the hype train now. Alex, if you had to compare Lance to somebody that the, a household name when it comes to the UFC or Bellator or somebody like that, somebody our listeners might know. You said his style is uh, jujitsu and boxing based. Mm-hmm. Is that maybe like a Diaz? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't be scared, homie. Absolutely. And Lance will get in your face too. Kill okay. Be so if JSP's listening, don't be scared, homie. All right. So, so you'd say he's a, a Diaz, a yes, jiu-jitsu strength. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's what Phil focuses on for the most part, I think, right? Yes, sir. Is jiu-jitsu. You guys also got a lot of boxing going on over there. Yes, sir. Um, so that's your strength, Lance. You, you, you got the big fights this upcoming Saturday. Right now, what, where's your head at? What are you thinking? Um, right now, I'm just ready to get it over with. It's been a long camp, but it's been a really good camp. Trained harder than ever before. Trained more than ever before. Put in more hours in the gym than... That I ever had before, and just ready to go out there and 
display my skills and are you training like today are you I know you're drinking water you're you're, you're taking good care of yourself are you gonna go pretty hard rolling later today or what I mean what's what's the the week leading up to a fight look like um actually today will be like my one of my last hard days of training and uh right after I leave here I'm going to a, a jiu-jitsu seminar that area 502 is hosting with uh Mike O'Donnell he's the first Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt that was ever in Kentucky and he's going to be in our four gym. seasons or something yeah he's from four seasons the owner of four seasons he uh He's going to be uh, at our gym at 12 o'clock today. Wow, That's I didn't gonna... know that. How cool is that? Yeah, we're going to have uh, maybe him and another black belt, Bernie Ash, in there, Bernie Guy. And uh, I'll be getting some good drilling and rounds in with the guys. Got killers all over the place. And then the rest of the week will be a lot of cooling down and toning it down and just focusing on my weight, drinking water. Okay, and kind of chilling out, resting, and chilling mentally getting, getting mentally prepared for that. Yeah, getting focused. You, you, you talked about the first Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in the state of Kentucky being Mike O'Donnell uh, four seasons. I know that MMA fighters, which is what you guys are, um, you have d- many different backgrounds you have to choose from. Well, explain to our listeners who may be unaware of the importance of being black belt in jiu-jitsu like that. Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, that carries a certain lore that differentiates them from maybe a, a tie somebody says they're a taekwondo black belt what's the difference between that and a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt um i mean the jiu-jitsu definitely takes longer to reach a black belt than taekwondo does considering some of my buddies got their black belt at six and <laughs> seven years old and with and taekwondo with taekwondo and jiu-jitsu it's probably about a minimum of 10 years on the mats grinding it out to get your black belt. So does that mean that there's maybe not as much legitimacy to something like Taekwondo, or am I getting carried away? No, right? no. Yeah, I would you guys not tell me. That. I'm not trying to take shots. <laughs> I'm just asking questions to stir up. Okay. I know. <laughs> so, so if somebody has Taekwondo black belt, there's a chance that they could beat the hell out of somebody who's a jiu-jitsu black belt because they're so good at kicking and at different types of stuff, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. don't let that jiu-jitsu dude get a hold of you. Yeah. It's over. But, okay, but but the, depending on how the fight goes, the, the Taekwondo guy may have some better striking or, or kicks, right? Yep. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. Okay, so so you probably got to walk on. You guys got some friends who are Taekwondo specialists, mm-hmm. sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Any of them have a lot of success in MMA? Um, Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy, if you Wonder guys Boy. watched that fight last night. Yeah, Wonder Boy just. Uh, I think he's more karate, though. And kickboxing. I think I, I thought he started Taekwondo. He might have. But is it safe for, to say that if you're training to be an MMA fighter, j- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a necessity? 100%. Yeah. There's no way around that. In 2016, yeah. if you want to compete against people from other genres of fighting, yeah. you cannot get around. You have to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I only ever lost one fight so far, knock on wood, and uh, it was by trying to to a really good Jiu-Jitsu, dude. And, and is Jiu-Jitsu your strength? Not mine. I mean, it's not. I have good jujitsu myself from working with Lance and Phil. I'm good, but it's not my best part. What is yours? Favorite. You're a wrestler. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so if we're making a hierarchy, and I'm sorry to just put you guys on the spot like this, this is fun talk, though, right? Yes, sir. If we're making a hierarchy, people who have success at the UFC, obviously in the incarnation in the early '90s, it was like wrestling originally, right? Yes, sir. But if we're making a hierarchy, you got to put it near the top jujitsu, right? Below that, possibly judo or wrestling? Uh, I don't know. I Man, might this, put wrestling yeah. above jujitsu. Oh, like, okay. It's like 1A, 1B. 
wrestling. John Jones is a wrestler. Yes, sir. And he's the best in the in the world. Yeah. He and he's like just a junior college. Okay, wrestler. so wrestling. So judo doesn't even deserve to be right there. No, that's not true at all. Judo. Uh, Carl Parisian was a monster. There's some good judo. Dudes. Yeah, there's Rick Hahn, Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah. How okay, but 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 at the very top, it's one A one B is is jujitsu and wrestling. Jujitsu and wrestling. Okay. Um, now below that, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Okay, yeah. above above judo or boxing. Or boxing. Yeah, correct. But but I mean, no, it's kickboxing, right? Muay Thai. Muay Thai is kickboxing, right? Mm, Muay Thai is kickboxing with elbows and knees and okay. clinch. And you can throw Emphasis on the elbows and knees. Yeah. Okay. That's why uh, you can't just, you know, you can't just box because you're going to get kicked in the head. Is this the type of conversations you guys have in gyms? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the time. That's what I would think. I, I would be, you know, I don't know Alex about also it, forgets honest. to mention that kickboxing or Muay Thai is his strong point as well. Is it really? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. You really into yeah. kneeing and, and elbowing people in the face? Kicking yes, people in the head. <laughs> Kicking people in the head, seriously? Yes, sir. Yeah. You, you have the better kicks out of you and Lance? Uh, no. Yeah. No, Lance has the better He likes kicks. to throw those thunder thighs around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got big. How often do you two roll with each other? Every uh, day. Pretty much. Every day. Every time we're in the gym together. I did, uh, anytime I have a question, I go to Lance, you know? It's, it's, we it's build like, off each other. He helps me with my stand-up a lot. Yeah, he, he, I have questions about, you know, jujitsu, the the little small things. It looks like I should understand them, but, you know, a lot of times I don't. I go straight to Lance. He's like my mentor in this. I'm, you know, he's super undefeated. He's where I want to be one day. Very humbling sport and very interesting for me to, to have a, a perspective on it, interviewing guys like you guys, is is that most people who do this for a hobby or a, a they're, they're livelihood they're very nice humble guys and they're learning and they're constantly saying very complimentary type things you were just touting mike o'donnell first brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in the state of kentucky um so i mean it, it's in large part very complimentary before i know we don't have a bunch of time i appreciate once again alex hacker lance lawrence coming in studio this morning give a little shout outs what high school did you guys go to if you even want to i mean you we know your names are alex hacker and lance lawrence you're both from louisville Right? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Sir. And where are you guys from? Uh, if, if you had somebody outside of your current gym who somehow inspired you to get to where you're at. are you? Can you hear me? No. No, okay. So just a moment here. We'll just listen. Okay. If you guys can, can uh, give somebody credit outside of your current gym for, for getting you into MMA, who would it be? I can hear you. Outside of our current gym? Yep. I mean, when you're younger, like somebody when you're in high school or something like that. What um, high school did you go to and who inspired you? Um, I went to Southern High School and really no one out of high school inspired me, but I would go on and give a shout out to my mom okay. right now and tell her Happy Father's Day and Happy Father's Day to all the other mothers out there that had to do both jobs. Awesome. You can't beat that. Yeah. Alex, you got anybody? Uh. When I was uh when I was in school, I went to Dawes High School and uh but I made good friends with Dusty who Dusty Stingle, yeah, we've yeah. had him in here a few yeah, times. Dusty also. Stingle, that's my homie. Um is he, but, is he a little older than you or uh same Dusty age? Dusty is almost exactly two weeks younger than me. Two weeks younger, okay. Yes, um but when I graduated high school, I immediately joined the Navy. Uh, oh, okay. Awesome. Like I graduated high school, I was in boot camp two weeks later. And uh but the whole time I was like on deployment and stuff, I would still try to talk to Dusty when I was away, and uh, he'd be like, "Yeah, man, you know, I'm I'm fighting. This is my record, whatever." And that, you know, that was 
one of my best friends wrestling, and I just told myself, I was like, man, when I get out of the Navy, I'm going to fight too because it seems like so much fun. It's something good to do. And uh, so, yeah, I guess Dusty. Dusty was your inspiration. Yes, Can you sir. guys hear me now? No. No, still can't hear me through. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, best of luck, Lance, with your second professional fight this upcoming Saturday. Thank you. In this guy's hometown. Uh, you're going to Tennessee, going into hostile territory. Who will be cage side with you? Um, well, Alex is going to be there watching. A bunch of other of my friends are coming to watch and family. Obviously, but, Phil Perkins. Yeah, my refs or my cornermen will be Phil Perkins, June, June Millar, and Blake O'Neill. Okay, Blake. We've had him in yep, before. Yeah, Blake will so. be my wrestling coach. Glad to have him there with me. and June and Phil, making sure I'm ready and focused. Awesome. I just want to say real quick. I fight at 170 also. Blake fights at 170. Blake is the best 170 in the state. Wait, wait, he's still an Blake is still an amateur. Still an he amateur. will be making his return to the cage hopefully in October or November. Yeah. Okay. Injury? Um, Something like that. Okay. Yeah. But 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 he's younger, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blake's, Blake's younger than both of us. Yeah. How, how old is he? He's, like, he's 21 or okay. 21. Yeah. So he, he very likely has a solid professional career he, ahead yeah, of him. He, he has a future. Known. Yeah, he's going places. Just like us. Yeah, he he's, he's got, he seems to have a, a real good head on his shoulders also. Well, another example of what I said earlier, a really humble guy. When I had him in here, I, the one thing I remember is he was just complimenting he's, everybody. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever met. Yeah, he, nobody will outwork Blake. It's so funny that, that when it comes to cage fighters, they're just so nice. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. They're just always like, oh, he's the best. Oh, you stop it. No, you are. Almost like they're going to start tickling each other. (laughs) Right? Yeah. They're just all sorts of compliments. That's good, though. But then you get inside the cage, and you're obviously not complimenting each other. We compliment our homies. Somebody different animal in the cage. Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole other world. You lock that door. Well, guys, I appreciate you coming in. We're going to head to a break. We'll have to get you back in. You guys, you know how to get in touch with me. Come back in whenever you'd like. Best of luck to you next week in, in Tennessee. The whole city of Louisville will be cheering for you. Uh, I'll you. certainly be checking to see. Is there a way we can watch it? Um, yes, I believe the the link will be on flowcombat.com. Flow Combat, F-L-O-C-O-M-B-A-T. Flowcombat.com. Combat. So we can watch it here from Louisville. Yes, you can watch it online. Okay. Make and, the drive. And you watch got it. nothing better to do. It's how, about a, how far of a drive? At least five hours without traffic. Okay. So it's well, going to be a drive. You got it's any spots it. in your car open? I do. Fans? Okay. Somebody wants to ride with me, hit me up. All right. Don't All right. be weird, though. <laughs> Alex Hacker, Lance yeah. Lawrence, thank you guys very much. Philip Perkins getting you guys in here. Area 502 MMA. Thank you very much. And once again, best of luck to you on Saturday, Lance. Okay, thank you. Good stuff there, guys. We're going to head to a break. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Make the
What's up? Easy like Sunday morning. Easy, yep, easy. <laughs> we got about a minute and we'll be on. So. I hear you. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW, talking all things in the world of sports, as we do every week, 9 to 11. We are governed by one Dugan Ryan here in the lo- only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville. We're all sports all the time, and we get to talk about whatever we want to talk about. During the first hour, we were talking primarily about the preview for tonight's NBA Finals Game 7, 8 o'clock p.m. This second hour of the show this morning has been devoted to MMA and mixed martial arts and, in effect, really what I would describe as the local fight community. When it comes to the local fight community, there's one guy I would say has got uh, arguably the best professional record going. It's not argue. There's no argument about it. There's probably, I, I don't know there's how you nine. could top it. You five and 5-0 oh as a professional. If there was an argument, I'd win that argument. That's that's easy to say. 5-0 <laughs> and 0 as a professional. 6-0. Oh. Si- I'm sorry, 6-0. I'm, oh. I'm climbing it. I'm wow, was your last fight? Okay, so once again, it's Ben Sargent in studio with us. Rock and roll. Ben has been in here, I don't know, four or five times over the years. Uh, we're really excited to have him back. He he spent about a year in California. Were you there about a year? Yeah, me there for a year, uh, just uh, training, fighting at uh, Millennia. And uh, what part also, of California was that? That was in um, Rancho Cucamonga. Okay. Don't try to say that, ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's a tongue twister. But uh, I was there, and I, I actually I, uh, I took a break from fighting just a little bit and uh, moved to L.A. and had some fun with uh, stand-up comedy and a little bit of acting, which, you know, uh, the bug hit me again, and I had, to, I had to come back here and remind everybody who I am, so I'm back. Now, at times, according to some people, you may come across as cocky, but at the bottom line is... The bottom you, you, line. You've done some different things. The bottom you, line is the bottom line. The, the, what I'm saying is if I'm selling you, and that's what I guess is it's tough to argue with a 6-0 and professional cage fighting record. Yeah. That's yeah. what you have. Yeah. And Absolutely. I'm not here to kiss your ass. I'm, not, no. I'm just saying. You're just, you're, just, you're just throwing out logic. I, I'm, just, I'm simply stating that you've tried some different things. You've taken some different highest. I know you've done things like modeling. 
right? Um, I, I, Have you I, done anything like that? That's embarrassing to talk about, but yeah, I've done it. Okay. Is it <laughs> no, embarrassing uh, to talk about? Uh, modeling, it's, it's, it's silly. Okay, but 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 so you did dabbled in acting, dabbled in stand up comedy, yeah, spent some time I, in California. I, I have I have fun with uh, stand up comedy. I love stand up comedy, and uh, I, I've actually um, that's one of my other passions. Um, it's more of a hobby than it is, you know, a passion. Something I would look forward to. But you know, fighting fighting's my number one. You know, it's it's something that always gets me going back again. You know, it's it's kind of like that psycho ex girlfriend that just randomly calls you back up and. You uh you can't help but to take her back. <laughs> so it was October of last year your last professional fight. Yes, and then after that coming just, up on a year a break. Uh, yeah, it's a little it's a good little break. It's a good mental break, you know. I don't want to be like Conor McGregor and lose my head completely and then uh you know get beat up by somebody. You know, um you need those mental breaks. You know, you you can't you can't stress yourself. You can't. You know, I'm I'm just like any other professional. I um, I took a break. Um, you take a, you know, I'm sure you take a vacation. Sure. Yeah. You gotta you gotta keep your head, uh, so, make your head right. And in the world of fighting, uh, you know, we've got guys like one of your former opponents, Michael Cockerham, for example. Yeah. Um, he's I don't even know how many fights he has now. He he's, fights uh, all the time. Is he, st- is he still fighting? He's still fighting. He's uh, he's coming up on his, uh, I think, 50th or 60th fight. So he fights as often as possible. So he's uh, yeah. just a real And the thing is, bird. you could lose yourself. You know, he's lost himself. And, you know, that's what Conor McGregor has done. And, uh, you know, I, I urge these uh, young fighters coming up to, you know, understand it's it's 90% mental, you know. And and if you're, if you're not feeling it, if your head's not feeling it, your heart's not feeling it at the moment, Take a break, you know. There is a there's a young young hopeful with a with awesome talent that just uh, left the studio. Uh, Alex Hacker, he's actually fighting Fourth uh, of July. You just had him in the studio. Yep. He uh, he he's 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 pretty smart in the head, and he he knows what's going on. So um, he knows that too. So shout out to him. He's he's doing his thing. He's a he's a bad dude. He's. He's one of the only guys that I can't drop in a, in a sparring session. Really? Just to let you all know that. Yeah, he's uh, in, the, in the training facility when we go at it. I and he's an amateur. Yeah, yeah. I cannot. I what does the word amateur even mean? Obviously, you're not amateur, getting paid. But, but obviously, not getting paid. But, I mean, what goes into that? You say he's the only – you're 6-0 and o as a pro. Yeah. Why can you not drop Alex Hacker? He's, just, he's an he's amateur. He's just that tough, you know? I mean, he's built like a bird. You know, he has bird bones, but uh, – <laughs> That's an inside joke, by the way. What's uh, that mean? Is he's long and lengthy? And, yeah, and, and yeah, he's uh, he's yeah. got thin bones. He's just uh, he can fly. He could. He, <laughs> he looks like he takes his shirt off. It looks like he fly. Okay. No, uh, but you know he's just he's just that tough and that durable. You know what I mean? And uh, if you see his fights, you know he's he's that tough and that durable. Um, he's he's texting me right now. He's cursing at me for calling him bird bones. Okay, well, I'm glad uh, he's listening. But, any, uh, any way we can drive the rating. Uh, so regardless, it's a shout-out to a local fighter there, guy yeah. we just had in studio, Alex Hacker. Um, any talks of you getting back in the cage anytime soon? Uh, I'm, I am looking at uh, August. I just have to get everything going, you know, get everything uh, get everything right. I, uh, I'm, mentally, I'm mentally there again, and everything's there again. So I just uh, – You look about the exact same as I remember. you in the same walking around weight uh, as you normally are come little, fight little, day? A little heavier. I, I try to be a little bit heavier right now because I'm uh, 
you know, just, just making sure the body's uh, tuned in and healthy and everything. So with, you know. You think your next fight will be in the state of Kentucky? <sighs> we'll have to talk to uh, uh, Brandon Higdon. Okay. The uh, promoter here. And if not, uh, Tim Loy. He's, uh, he's out of Tennessee, and I've uh, been talking to him. I'm actually commentating uh, his fights this coming weekend. Where at? Uh, in Tennessee somewhere. I'm not really sure. I haven't got my GPS yet. Um, it's horrible. It's Valor Fight. Awesome. Okay. So Valor Fights. We just had Lance Lawrence in. I, yeah, yeah. He's fighting. He's fighting a main event. He's fighting their, uh, their Jesus of... Uh, their local kid there. Oh, so man. So you're going to be doing the commentary for the guy we just had in yeah. who's currently sitting at 1-0 as a pro. Are you guys in the same weight class? Oh, no. He's, he's, he's 145. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a, he's a tiny kid. You fight at 170? 170, and I'll fight, you know, I'll fight up. Uh, but, you know. Now, uh, Ben, recently I've, I've seen a little bit of your social media stuff, and we've communicated about, obviously, a couple weeks ago we lost Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And that has triggered some emo- different types of reactions from a lot of the local media. A lot of the attention's been given to, um, it's amazing when something like this happens. Obviously, the collective eyes of the entire world goes to Louisville, Kentucky, and Will Smith's here, Mike Tyson, Lennon, everybody. So, I mean, there's, there's kings. There were, there were kings here, princes, you know. It's it crazy. Big deal. It yeah. was a big deal across President, the world. Yeah. Bill Clinton gave a long speech there. I mean, the list goes on and on. Billy Crystal. Um, but the exact implications on the local fight scene, that's a whole different story. Yeah, you got to have uh, – you have to have fighters, you know, talk about – you know, I saw, I saw a couple interviews where they were – interviewing people that said they were fighters and this and that, and it kind of, like, you know, stirred me up. And Did you know of, who these people were? Yeah, it was silly. It was silly. I, I knew uh, one of the guys, and, uh, you know, obviously you could look it up, and, you know, you've never heard of another guy. You, you know, they never fought or whatever. And then they're trying to give their input on what they think, you know, wh- how Muhammad Ali affected their lives to get them started in fighting. You never fought before, you know? What are you talking about? Let's be real here, you know. Let's so you, not disrespect. That, let's not disrespect the greatest, you know, of all time by, you know, lying about it. So, so you think that there has been some instances of local media maybe sticking the microphone in some, front of somebody's face and saying this guy's a young fighter that Muhammad Ali inspired, where mm-hmm. in, in reality maybe that guy just walked into a gym last week and he's not actually an yeah, accomplished yeah. even amateur fighter necessarily. Yeah, it's fine if you want to, you know, if you want to, if you want to interview Joe Schmo, that's fine. You know, but yeah. So, so in in effect, to you, you go into California. You're the guy from Kentucky. Yeah. Anybody ever say, "Oh, you're a fighter from Kentucky"? Yeah. What, Muhammad Ali yeah. inspired you, I assume. I mean, anything like that? People make that connection. Yeah. Is absolutely. that part of your identity? Yeah, it is. And uh, I actually, uh, Muhammad Ali was one of the uh, one of the first fighters. Is the first fighter that I watched. You know, I come from a single parent home and. You know, didn't have we didn't have everything to, you know, to watch TV and watch all the you know channels and stuff. And you know, I would go to my friend's house and we would you know we'd watch TV, we'd watch you know ESPN Classic and all that. And uh, you know, that's where I actually got my first taste and you know watching Muhammad Ali. And uh, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, he really caught my eye. And obviously, like later on down the road, I, I got to learning about um, Mike Tyson and. Rocky Marciano, you know, so it um he really has affected me as a you know not only as a fighter but also a humanitarian, 
and uh, and also bravado, right? That's part, a little. We, we admittedly, that's a little bit of your image. Yeah, is yeah. is having a personality outside of the cage. A- not absolutely. only are you six and zero oh inside the cage, Conor McGregor's uh, reinvigorating the concept of being a, a salesman outside of the cage, also and talking the talk and doing other things. Well, here's the which thing: you, you you've done, you've done stand up comedy. You, yeah. you like to be diversified. Yeah, and here's the thing: I, I've already. Uh, I've said this once. Um, there's a story that I like to I like to say. Um, my first loss as an amateur, um, I haven't lost as a pro, but as a, as an amateur, my first loss, you know, I was I was so cocky, so arrogant. I barely trained for the fight. You know, I really thought I had this fight going. It was my seventh, you know, seventh fight, and um, you, you were know, si- you were six and zero. Oh. Yeah, and and I was training. And you know the the I had news the news come in and was interviewing me and I was talking all this smack and you know just like shadow boxing and everything and they covered me well in, the, in that fight the second round I got knocked out and you know all that talk it was it was meant for nothing you know I was just talking just to talk okay you know, I didn't understand you know my purpose and then um, you know the thing is is when I lost and they. And they they showed that on the news, you know, everybody saw me get knocked down a second round, this and that. But I I took that, you know, the whole week. I probably cried for a whole week, just messed up about that, you know. But you got to understand, there's a, you know, everything you do, there's retaliation. There, you know, there's you have to be responsible for, you know, what you have done. And I think. Uh, I think people, you know, forget about that. But Muhammad Ali, he had a purpose. What's Conor McGregor have? He, he doesn't have a purpose, you know. It's, well, I mean, he, to, he for for a, for a minute there, he he was um, basically trying to because Muhammad Ali was talking about being the greatest ever before he actually proved that he was right. Yeah, I he, mean, he knocked out uh, Sonny Liston, and he was a one-time heavyweight champion of the world. And that's significant, but I mean, Tyson Fury just did that, and you could say he's a bum. So that happens on occasion. Muhammad Ali started telling, so Conor McGregor was swinging for the fences and trying to say, "I'm the greatest ever." Yeah, he he stood for something though, you know. The he, he was, uh, he, oh, because of his he nation. believed he okay. believed in something, and he he went for it. And just just imagine, he even when losing, he had that pressure. And that negative ne- negativity coming back at him, you know, people wanting him to lose, people, people literally wanting to see him die, yeah. you know, in the cage, you know, or in the ring. I'm sorry, in the ring, you know. And um, even when he lost, could you imagine how hard that was for him to come back from a loss? Yeah, because if you talk the talk, wow. if you talk the talk, and you got people supporting you when you're up, but you're flashy, exactly. When you lose, and Conor McGregor's experiencing it right now. Or Ronda Rousey is too. Oh, they're done. They're both done. Of, you group oh, you group both of them done. together. They're done. Yeah. So I who's mean, the face of the UFC going forward? I know this is a different conversation, but if they're both done, who's? I mean, you know what I mean. Who's next? John John Jones come back? No. Brock Lesnar back? No. Blue belt Brock Lesnar? Uh-uh, blue belt. Yeah, he got his blue belt. I think Alex Hacker is the next big thing, the next new thing in, uh, <laughs> okay. in the UFC. He's gonna carry the torch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he okay. has to. But uh, no, uh, who's next? Um, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's just a big old. I think they need to give the champions, you know, all their respect, and just let it let it be. 
Okay. So but, so so let it let it take its own form. Don't force anything. Yeah, you force it and you get you get you get champions that, you know, they have a they have an ego and no purpose and they just the their head gets too big and they they stop training. You know? Like maybe a little too professional ra- wrestling type yeah. type eat. You yeah. know, a little too much like professional wrestling. I think I think uh Conor McGregor press, pressed it too much and he uh I don't think his head was there, and he lost on top of that. So his head's not there, and he lost. I think that's why he's done. You got to take that break, like I said. You got to take that mental break. Well, speaking of breaks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, be back for a quick ten-minute segment at the end. Have our man Ben Sargent stick in studio with us. Easy once again. like Sunday morning. Easy like Sunday morning. Easy. Uh, ben Sargent once again six and zero oh, is a professional MMA fighter. Not a bad record. It'd be difficult to be better at, at six fights in. Than 6-0, I'd say, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't think you can beat that. So you got that going for you. We'll be back. Stay tuned with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. What does it mean to me? Let me tell you, baby. What you mean to me? Okay, John, you there? John, you there? John, you there? The mic goes. I've been going Skype routinely. Do you think it's... John? John? How much time, Kelly? How much time do we have? Okay, Mark Douglas at the station. I didn't hear you on Comrex. I was wondering if you're wanting to test Skype. We got Skype hooked up. If you want to go ahead and call on it, I can answer. We can at least text and test at the top of the hour.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Got about a seven-minute segment left here at the end of the show with our man Ben Sargent, who over and over again, I'll continually repeat, the most successful current professional fighter out of the state of Kentucky. 6-0 and uh, Mr. Personality. Mr. Controversial. <laughs> Mr. Controversy. I try, I, try, I try to be normal. But I can attest to that. You're controversial. Yeah. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. Makes for good radio. I like yeah. that. If we're talking about um, the local fight scene, yeah, what's the hot topic right now? Hot topic? Ooh, well, there's a, a Brandon Hard Rock. He uh, Brandon Higdon Hard Rock Promotions. He his okay. Next, so the his fact- next show is uh, July sixteenth. Okay, in Bowling and, Green. Uh, it is. It's in Florence. It's Turfway Park. Oh, okay, he's taking over. Uh, yep. Yeah, he's turf taking, wars. Yeah, he's um, turf so wars. so what, that's a that's a very interesting point. You fought for Hard Rock a lot. You've also fought for uh, uh, Cornette. Well, yeah, I, uh, uh, Tommy Cornette, his uh, bluegrass bluegrass brawl. But they've all kind was, of molded into Hard Rock. Is that right? Yeah, um, which is not a bad thing. There's one dominant uh, promotion in the state. I loved I love bluegrass MMA. I, I know. Yeah, that, I remember brawl. that that you that was a, a that, I was the champion there and. Uh, yeah, they they you know got me good fights, tough fights. Uh, I was actually supposed to lose those fights. It's crazy <laughs> because everybody everybody hates on you. I guess yeah. I just but but the, the the current story would be that Hard Rock Brandon Hard Rock Higdon is dominating the local promotions, right? Yeah. And that that the everybody else in large part, which is cool, they've kind of molded together, and it seems like a lot of people have formed alliances in support. Am I wrong? Of Hard Rock, yeah, I know there's probably some comp- competition I'm not aware of, but it, from my perspective, it seems Brandon Hard Rock Higdon for years had the most consistent promotion in the state, and now it's getting to the point almost. And maybe I'm exaggerating. I'd like to see uh, Absolute Action MMA uh, uh, come come back, come back. Yeah, they've had a little hiatus. They're northern, yeah, northern, northern Kentucky. I've been to a couple of their events, and they got Jimbo Collins. Yeah, and he's always still doing some. I should, he is in BFE. Yeah, I've been to time. a couple, I've been to one of his. And, Have uh, you? And um, where was it? Uh, Campton, maybe. Can't. What is that? Campton. I saw. You know who was there? Was David Crow? He, David Crow. Okay. I didn't see him fight, but he was in the stands. Yeah. I saw. What was the Wild Boy? What's his name? He's what? a country bumpkin. He, I think that's his hometown. Maybe. I'd like to fight. Uh, I still like to fight uh, Brandon Bell. Okay. He's uh, a. Yeah. Man, I tell you, I tell you, he, he went down to fifty-five, and now he's back up. They're saying he's up to two ten now. Okay, two hundred and ten pounds. Why, you know, why can't they just, why can't they just make that fight happen? I'd honestly like to fight, you know, Brandon. If you if you listen to me right now, Brandon Higdon, get that fight going. Brandon Bell's three and three. Um, he's, he, at- he's he always says he's uh, he's nine and three. He said there is some there's some fights that didn't go on his record. Okay, but it's listed on Sharedog as being three and three. Anybody else? You, I know you're no stranger to calling people out. Anything else you need to get off your chest? We've only got a few minutes left. You know, I would um, 
Um, there's an Isaac Steel up in uh, Northern Kentucky. That okay, I would like to. I'd like to fight. Um, he he looks like a complete athlete. He's strong, strong wrestling background. Um, I would love to. I'd love to fight him. He looks like a smaller welterweight, like I am. I, I, I picture myself as a smaller welterweight. Everybody else thinks I'm a monster. What, but one eight one seventy. One seventy. Yeah. Um, Isaac Steele looks like he's four and zero as a pro. Yeah. From Chillicothe, he's Ohio. A, yeah, he's a killer man. Okay. Um, now I, there was an, a boxing event last night. Yeah. Did boxing. you make it to the boxing event? Where was it? I, Tell us about it. I, I, I made it to the boxing event. I, uh, you know, Rashad. He's, you know, he, he used to work here. Be, you know, he's a part of your. He was on. He was filling in for me the past two weeks. Yeah, I know Rashawn yeah, Myers yeah. very well. Yep, good and, friend. Uh, we went. We went to because I did his radio show last night. We went to that show. Apparently, there's a new promoter in town. Okay. And he didn't know us. He didn't care to know us. And he told us to hit the road. He didn't let you in. <laughs> he didn't let us. Was in. that at Expo Five? No, it was. It was some art gallery down down in. Uh, Portland area, but you guys tried to go in, and they literally said, "We don't know who you are. You guys are not welcome." Yeah, he didn't say didn't anything. You, did you I, see anybody in there? Was Todd there? Uh, Todd was there. I said, "Hey to Todd." He was busy, you know. I said, "Hey to well, the sure, doctor, yeah. yeah, to the old doc and uh, Sparks, Doctor Sparks." Yeah, Doctor Sparks. He always asks me uh, who I'm put, taking to the hospital next. He's a nice guy. That whole that whole it's uh, a whole group. The whole group really is a bunch of nice people. I want to be a the cool next, community. Yeah, I want to be the next Todd Neal. Do you are you campaigning for uh, being Todd's replacement? I am. No, don't don't fight me for it, and make sure nobody fights me for it. We got to get that. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, they wouldn't let us in, and um, you know, we told the promoter, "Hey, go talk to Gary." You know, Gary Thomas, and he said, "Yeah, I talked to Gary Thomas, and he said he didn't know you." Do you know this promoter's I was name? Like what? No, he's 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 a new he's a new promoter out in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. I guess. Regardless, it's cool to get fights in the city of Louisville. That's too bad. That's bizarre that it happened you know, that it's, way. And that is the what reason why we don't have a strong combative, you know, community here in Kentucky. And we, uh, you know, boxing is so weak because you know people don't come together. Why would you turn away media coverage for your first promotional fight in in the, in that state? In Muhammad Ali's, you know, city, why would you turn down media? If I was the promoter, I w- I don't care if you have one viewer. I'm going to uh, I'm going to have you come on. No question about it, Ben. We appreciate you coming in this morning. I know a lot of our listeners tune in just to hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and any controversy you may bring is always welcome. And remember, when I say something, I'm saying it. Nobody's putting it in my mouth to say. Oh yeah, I'm not trying to influence you to say anything. I'm easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> Appreciate you coming in, Ben. Uh, when you announce your next fight, which you say will be in August, I'd love to have you back in. Rock and roll. Um, preview the fight anytime. So you're always welcome here at 1450. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 to 11 as we'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz where we talk about whatever sporting event we want to, whether it be a national story or local fighters. We appreciate you tuning in this morning. Have a great rest of your weekend. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. You too, Kelly. Thank you.